Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey guys, I want to share the story of something that just happened to me last night. Husband and I went to a seafood restaurant in Korea, right here in Seoul, and I experienced a little moment with the guy that I think owns the restaurant that was such an amazing lesson in sales. And I just want to remember that forever. And I want to tell you all about it and what you can learn about it. So here's how the story went down. By the way, like I love looking for sales lessons in these like little everyday interactions, like a lot of like in, in real life. I think they teach us so much. Like you just, you know, we all like go to restaurants, we all go to shops, we all go to like different business establish- establishments in real life. And I invite you to just be aware of like, how people treat you, how people sell to you, how people relate to you as a customer, and how each of the choices that they make make you feel as a customer and be always learning from it. I always am. So last night, husband and I went out for dinner. You know, grandparents had the baby. We had a little date night and we went to one of my husband's favorite seafood places. Like he loves seafood. So we went and, you know, we go there all the time, but It was the first time that I think the owner of the place was like out and like serving, right? I think it's because it was a Sunday and, you know, maybe they were short on staff. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was the owner. So he was out and serving. And so we just sat down. And what happens in Korean restaurants in like when you're eating Korean food, if you've been to a Korean restaurant, you probably know is that as soon as you sit down, before you even order anything, they bring you a whole bunch of food anyway. <laughs> that might be weird if you're not Korean and if you're not used to experiencing Korean food. But in Korean food, there's something, there's the food that you order, like the actual dish, the entree, whatever. And there's all these side dishes that they give you for free. It's like the basic, you know how when you go to an Italian restaurant or something, they just like give you the bread, right? Even before you order anything, he's like, oh, here's the water, here's the bread, whatever it is. Okay, not just Italian restaurants, like whatever, like lots of Western types of restaurants just give you the bread. In Korea, it's not bread, it's like 10 other things, <laughs> like little vegetable things, little, you know, bits of things you can kind of like snack on before the actual food arrives. If you're thinking that sounds amazing, it is amazing. <laughs> I love Korean food. So we go to the seafood restaurant. We sit down and all the little side dishes that come for free, the guy who's serving us, who's the owner of the restaurant, like I said, he's like bringing this tray full of food and he's setting that, setting them all on our table. And as he's setting them, you know, they're, it's all free. It all comes with whatever meal we're going to eat. We were going to order some, some raw fish. I see that he's about to set down on the table this bowl of seaweed soup. And the seaweed soup, in Korean, it's myokguk. And it's a pretty standard Korean dish. And, you know, I could take it or leave it. It's not like I don't like it, but I don't, it's not like one of my favorite things ever. And my husband actively dislikes it. So even if it gets put on our table, it was like a fresh hot bowl of seaweed soup. I knew that it was probably not going to get eaten. And so I didn't want him to waste food. So I told the guy, hey, 
I'm sorry, we're probably not going to eat the seaweed soup. It's not our, it's, we don't tend to eat it. So I don't want you to waste the food. So if you could just take it back to the kitchen, we'd love to eat everything else. And like every single time I've done this, where like before they serve me the free food, I, I say, hey, like we, we're probably not, not going to eat this or that. Take it back to the kitchen, you know, before it even touches our table. They're just like, oh, okay. And they just take it back. But this guy, <laughs> this is the moment where it gets interesting. He was like, oh, you don't want to try this soup? And then he started like going off on this spiel about why I should try this soup. He said, oh, wow, you know, just so you know, you don't have to eat it, but we do the soup a little differently than everybody, everywhere else. We don't put in a lot of like extra seasoning, MSG. We just put in like just the pure ingredients and we get really good seaweed, not like whatever you can buy at the supermarket. We just get shipment of really fresh, high quality seaweed. And we just put the, the really high quality raw ingredients in. We don't mess with it. We make it a little differently. And today I know the kitchen made it with some of this premium dried fish that came from da 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 da. And it's really good. And he told me all of this and I'm thinking, Oh, you know, my husband doesn't have to eat it because he does he just like doesn't like seaweed, but he just made it sound so good that I want to try it anyways. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to give it a try. And then he, puts the bowl of soup on the table and he's like, oh, you chose well, you know? Do you know about this seaweed? This seaweed is so full of these nutrients, da-da-da-da, vitamins, da-da-da. They're really good for your skin. They're going to make your skin beautiful. It's really good for your hair. It's good for da-da-da-da-da. And it, you're going to love it. And then he sets the bowl on the table. It's like steaming hot. <laughs> and then he leaves <laughs> after we place our order. And then I'm like, man, I'm going to eat this seaweed soup. And then I start eating it, and it is really very good. You know, I've eaten this seaweed soup a million times before. Like I said, it's a very standard Korean dish that Koreans prepare and eat. My mom made it a million times. Like I said, it's never been, like, my favorite thing. But this, maybe it's because of, like, placebo effect. I just, like, heard him describe all these wonderful things about the soup. But it was really delicious. And I could tell that it was made with high-quality ingredients. And I, like, devoured that soup right right there, then and there, and I wasn't even going to eat it. I was going to send it back to the kitchen. And as I was eating it, I was like, oh, this is going to give me, like, good skin because of the nutrients in this seaweed that I never even thought about before. <laughs> and here's what I loved so much about that little interaction, is that the owner of the restaurant, this guy who was serving us, he wasn't trying to sell us the seaweed soup so that he could make money off of it. It was free. I, if I asked for refills, he would have brought it to us because that's how it works in Korean restaurants. And he couldn't have charged us. He wasn't like selling it to me so that he could make money. It was just part of the meal. But he like really fought for me just eating the food that they prepared. <laughs> and he could have just been like, oh, you should try it. But instead, he really put the care and the love and the kind of thoughtfulness into telling me like why it's special. And so like all he described all the different ways that it's special and it really built up my expectation so that by the time I was about to dig into it, I was like really excited to try it. And if that was not enough, he went even further. Like I was already going to eat it, but he went even further to tell me why it's going to be amazing for my skin and hair and make me beautiful. <laughs> And so here I am eating this very mundane bowl of soup, feeling amazing about what a special bowl of soup I'm eating and how I'm going to be beautiful because of it. 
Now, he didn't have to do any of it, but he did. And that's what I think amazing selling is. It's not necessarily so that you're going to buy something and I'm going to make money. It's that every experience you have with my business makes you feel amazing. It makes you feel like you're getting so much out of it. If you're not particularly thinking about how this offer is going to make your life so much better, let me fill in all the details for you. Oh, you're not going to try the seaweed soup? Hey, I'm not forcing you to, but let me make you a little case for why you should and why it's going to be amazing. It was like literally, it was such a selfless, and that feels like a little grandiose of a word to attach there, but it really was selfless, like attempt to heighten my experience at the restaurant. He just really wanted me, like, can <laughs> I wonder if like listeners are thinking, wow, she's like super duper overthinking this like 40 second encounter at a restaurant. But really, I was so moved. I was so moved. You know what really peeves me? What kind of pisses me off is when people, whether it's like, hey, listen, I get that everybody's busy. Everybody has stressful lives, whatever. So not everybody can be super duper thoughtful all of the time. But when like salespeople or servers or whatever kind of treat you, not just treat you, but like treat the very thing that they're selling or serving, like whatever, like they don't particularly care. Like if you buy it, that's great, but I'm not going to like go to all these lengths to sell you on a, on a vision of your life that is going to be better because of this product. Even if it's something as mundane as a little bowl of soup that doesn't even cost money. You know, now that I think about it, I have a, quite a lot of these experiences in Korea, in Korean restaurants. Like I remember going to this like hole in the wall noodle place out in the country when my husband and I were taking one of our road trips and it was like literally out in nowhere, like in the, in the country. It was a hole in the wall noodle place. And I remember, um, sitting down and in Korea, when you order noodles or actually when you order anything, they give you a side of, side dish of kimchi to go along with it. Kimchi is like a fermented spicy cabbage thing. If you don't know what that is. So they give you a little side of kimchi and this grandma who ran the place served us our noodles with a side of kimchi and it happened to be like a giant mound. It was like, it was like bigger than my fist. It was like, there's no way that I was going to eat all of that kimchi with my little bowl of noodles. And so I remember saying to that grandma, I was like, oh, hey, like, I don't think I'm going to eat this much kimchi. I don't want you to waste it. Could you like just take back like, you know, half of it? I'm probably going to have just a little bit. And then this grandma like sold me on that kimchi, which by the way, again, was free. It like came with the meal. He was like, oh, she was like, oh, I just made this kimchi, you know, like, you know, the other day and we had just gotten in the fresh cabbage and, you know, like my family's recipe, da 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 da. And she like really wanted me to try it. And she built a case for how that kimchi is like the most special kimchi in the world. Mind you, the bowl of noodles that I ordered like the actual money that I gave her for it was like $3, like three US dollars equivalent. She was really building a case for me eating this kimchi that she's serving me for free for a $3 bowl of noodle soup because she just really believed in her kimchi and wanted me to try it and thought it would be good for me. And I tried the kimchi and it was really good and I probably ate all of it, right? So... Here's how I'm going to loop it back to the normal things that we talk about on this podcast. 
So many times I see business owners, I see coaches not putting anywhere near the same amount of thoughtfulness and love for the client and a love for kind of like thoughtfulness in terms of what our offer is going to change for them. You know, when it comes to a lot of the little things and sometimes even when it comes to the big things, right? For example, if you're going to invite someone to join your email list, a lot of the times what I see is like, hey, you should come join my email list because you're going to get this freebie and it's going to be great. Bye. Right? Or, hey, you should book a console call because we will do this and then you'll like it. It's a very almost a little bit careless as if our very act of just offering it should be enough to compel people and to make them understand all the like the full rich range of benefits that it's going to give to them. Like think about the the lengths that that rest, the seafood guy went to to convince me to try that little bowl of soup, right? He painted such a picture so that I would try something that he wasn't even charging for, right? What would it be like if we put that much love into offering anything, even when it's like, hey, follow me on Instagram. It's just not like, it's not like, oh yeah, I mean, it's not that hard for you to just go to find my Instagram and click follow, okay? So just follow me, okay? Or I'll give you some useful tips. You should follow me for useful tips, bye. You know, what would it be like if you thought very deeply, lovingly, joyfully about what the experience of someone following you on Instagram is going to be like. I'm just using that as an example. It could be anything. What the experience of somebody downloading your freebie, what the experience of somebody, you know, reading your thing or watching your YouTube videos, whatever it is, or doing a console call with you, what is that experience going to enable for them that's going to be so delightful and so wonderful? Have you stopped to think really thoughtfully about that? Okay, so I actually prepared a list of questions for you that you can use to brainstorm. Actually, these are super potent questions that you can use to brainstorm on how to be super thoughtful about presenting your offer to people so that they can get really excited about it, get the full joy, delight, benefit from it, and, you know, lead them to have that much more of an amazing experience with your company leading them to be a lot more likely to buy from you. Okay, so here are the questions that I like sort of like deduced from all these stories that I told you that I think you should mull over. And I honestly think that you should pause, go find a piece of paper and a pen or be able to type into a screen and write these questions down. Number one, what are the ingredients of the thing that you're offering? So obviously I'm making like a food analogy here, right? The seafood guy told me all about like the ingredients that went into seaweed soup and why each one was special. So even if it's something like a consult call or signing up for your email list or signing up for your webinar, what goes into it? Like what are the elements? What are the, if it, if you could compare it to like, a dish, what are the ingredients that go into it that they might not know about? And what makes each of those ingredients special, right? All the things that go into it, go into the soup. What makes 
what are those ingredients that they might not know about and what makes those ingredients special. Second question, what went into creating the offer or what goes into you preparing the thing for your people that they might not know about that makes it so special, right? You're planning a webinar, you're planning a a short little course, you are offering for them to join your email list, right? What goes into like you sending emails? What goes into you preparing, you know, preparing the webinar? What goes into you having created the course that makes it so special, that makes, that they might, might have no idea about? So if the first question was about ingredients, the second question is more like about the process. Like, in other words, how do you cook it in a way that's maybe surprising for them, maybe interesting for them, that makes it special, right? What's the recipe that makes it special? Third question, why is the thing that you're offering different from what they're probably expecting based on all the other shit that they've seen everywhere else? So remember the seaweed soup, the guy was like, this seaweed is different from all the other seaweed soup and told me how it's different. So how is your email list a different experience than what they're probably expecting based on all the other emails they get, right? How is having a call with you? How is a webinar with you different than what they're expecting? And I just want to say here, you don't want to say it in a way where you're like putting other businesses down or putting other people down or other practices down. You know, the seafood guy, he wasn't like, oh, other people's seaweed food sucks. He didn't say that. He just, he just said, this is probably different from what you've tried elsewhere. And here's why it was more like building up his soup as opposed to putting down other people's soup, right? So you want to do the same thing. You want to make a case for why your thing is going to be a delightfully different experience for them based on their probably expectations from what they've seen elsewhere, but not in a way, but in a way where you're building yours up as opposed to dragging other people's down. They just have to say that. Fourth, what are all the ways that they're going to enjoy being on the receiving end of your offer? What are all the ways it's going to be fun for them that they might not know about right now? What are all the ways it's going to be useful for them, beneficial for them? List all the things that you know, because it's your offer, about how all the ways it's going to improve their lives, all the ways that they're going to enjoy it, that they might not even know how to anticipate, right? So everybody thinks they think they know what they're getting into. If I download this, it's probably going to, it's probably going to, you know, benefit me in this way. Aha, but I bet what you don't know is this and this and that, right? So think of all the things. And lastly, fifth, think about what are some perks of taking advantage of your offer that might feel totally like like coming out of the left field, like totally random. What are some totally unexpected benefits of your offer that they might not know about? What's like, wow, that's really surprising. For example, I did not know that seafood was good for my skin, (laughs) you know, and Truth be told, having one bowl of soup probably isn't going to dramatically change my skin overnight, but hey, it was good to know, right? So it's like, what are, if you're offering anything in your business, it's like, hey, did you know that this might help you with da-da-da-da-da that you probably had no idea about? What are some things that are like surprising like that about the benefits of receiving your offer? So I think these are really fun things, fun questions to ponder. And if you spend some time with these things, you're going to fall so much more in love with your offer and you're going to have such richer material to 
using your copy, using the way that you're t- you talk about your offer. And if you're thinking, oh my gosh, like all I have to do all of this thinking, I have to go through this much trouble. The answer is yes. Yes, you do. I mean, not like you have to make a giant complicated case every time you offer something. Sometimes you can just, you know, we don't have the time to do this whole thing every single time. But I think it's not so much like you have to or you should, but it's more like a state of mind. It's more of like a mindset of being exquisitely thoughtful on behalf of the people that you serve, wanting them to have the best possible experience with your offers, wanting them to be delighted, wanting them to sort of extract every last little bit of enjoyment that they can from anticipating your offer to grabbing your offer to consuming your offer to whatever happens even after that. How can you build in more enjoyment into every part of that journey? I guess I can add that as like a sixth question. You really might want to, like I would honestly rewind and write all these questions down because these are copywriting gold. Everybody, let's get to work. Let's make amazing offers that make people fall in love with our businesses. All right, my friends, if you do this work and you come up with good stuff, Tag me on Instagram or message me and let me know. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.